Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. I want to welcome to the program an award-winning journalist, author of The Case for Cancel Culture, editor at Eater Philly, political writer at large of Philly Mac, and of course, a host right here on WRD, Mr. Ernest Owens. Welcome to Evening Words. Good evening. Thank you for having me on. It's great to have you on. Great to have you on. I, I So I, lots of questions for you. I'm interested in picking your brain a little bit about what you've been seeing, hearing and and thinking uh, about your your coverage of of, of city council. But I, I want to start with with with, with council member Daryl Clark, who who is retiring. And I, I guess he had his last meeting today, correct? Correct. This was his last session. And and can you give us give our listeners a sense of 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 Councilman Clark's service, his impact over the course of his tenure as as council president and as a council member in the city of Philadelphia? Well, he's been in council since the beginning of the 21st century. So over 20 years of um, service, mm-hmm. um, he presides in the council, the fifth council mag district, which is in North Philly, um, largely. Um, he came up the ranks to eventually become council president um, in the beginning of the 2010s, around 2012. Mm-hmm. And he held on until the very end of this session, which is the end of the third uh, consecutive term that he served um, as council president. So he had three terms as council president wow. from 2012 to basically 2024. Um, so he's been in council for, for quite a time. Um, my connection to him specifically was that in 2013, I was a communications fellow for city council when I was a undergraduate at the University of Pennsylvania. UPenn. And yeah, Penn. Well, we just call it Penn. We don't call it UPenn. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we, uh, he was, he was there and I was the fellow for him under his office. Jane Rowe was now the spokesperson and communications director for, uh, district attorney Larry Krasner. She was his communications director mm. and I was under his office. And so I worked with all 17 members of city council at that time, um, doing communications stuff, learning the ropes and actually, you know, could have stayed on board, but decided to be a journalist after learning so much about city council. I thought I had a better job. Uh, I would rather report on it than actually work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so since then it was a full circle moment today to now, 10 years later, be hosting city council live at WRD and seeing him exit as council president. Cause I was there in the first beginning of his council presidency. And now as I begin to embark on my career, you know, in this city council coverage space, he's exiting. So it's a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. What was, was it? I mean, was it emotional? Is, you know, his la- you know, him presiding over his last meeting? Like what, what, what was the, what was the atmosphere like? Well, I wasn't emotional, but, um, <laughs> other people, other people, uh, definitely were in council. There were a lot of people who came out that we hadn't seen in a minute. You know, uh, for a long time, you know, it was like, where's Waldo since May when Helen Gim, um, seemed to be, you know, kind of absent from the scene. She showed up. Other mm-hmm. members of city council, um, Maria Canela Sanchez, former city councilwoman Maria Canela Sanchez, uh, the former councilwoman, um, Blondell Reynolds Brown appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayor Electro Parker was there and gave an arousing um, speech, you know, um, really almost emotional, thanking him for his support, you know, because he he basically endorsed her for mayor. And so, you know, she she got a you know great level of support around her. Mm-hmm. Um, many of his current colleagues, um, which will soon be former colleagues like Catherine Gilmore Richardson, 
um, you know, Kenyatta Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, all these other colleagues, they were, you know, pretty, you know, much emotional. There was gifts and, you know, they gave them gifts and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, it went till three o'clock, even though my show was over at one. So <laughs> I had to dip to make it to the WRD holiday party. But um, it still aired on air. Shout out mm -hmm. to Troy Wilmar, our incredible producer. Mm, mm, mm. That's that's I mean, that, that, that's amazing. And just programming note, uh, Councilman Clark will be on Wake Up With Word with Solomon Jones on Monday. So you also definitely tune in, tune, tune in for that. Ernest, talk a little bit more about what your experience has been covering city council over these, you know, several months. I mean, what, what, what have you learned? What's what has stood out to you about about the experience? You 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 are the kind of journalist who's covered politics up and down the kind of verticals of politics, but what has it been like mm -hmm. to be on the ground floor there at city council week in and week out? Well, it was very boring. No, I'm <laughs> um, it's, no it's, 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 it's a very, I mean, you know, as someone who has, you know, worked as a fellow in council, like I understand the proceduralness of it. The, the, it's very procedural. Everything, everything has a rhyme or reason. There's an explanation for everything mm -hmm. and there's a flow. And so that I, I was used to. So I wasn't uh, taken aback by the preparation for it. I was prepared for this. This is, a, you know, being the host was something I've always dreamed of, never knew the opportunity to come as soon as it did. Mm -hmm. I felt like you had to have at least one gray, had to have several patches of gray hair before you could qualify. But, you know, we're in a changing time, right? Mm -hmm. And what I've been covering has been transition. This has been the year of transition. You know, we're, we're we got a new mayor. Mm -hmm. We're about to have a new council president, which is, I call him the presumptive council president, um, which is soon to be presumptive. I'll say some presumptive soon to be council president Kenyatta Johnson. This mm -hmm. man went from being indicted to being acquitted to now being council president. And that has happened in literally a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can go from being in the, you know, the, the quiet gossip section of the paper to now being on the front page. And that's, that's how council works. It's a very, it's, it's, you can't predict it, you know? Mm. Um, and so I've been following transition. There's leadership changes. We're going to have a new majority leader, which the presumptive majority leader is going to be Kathleen Grimmer Richardson. Mm. City council is, it only has one Republican coming in in 2024. That is, uh, Brian O'Neill. Mm -hmm. We don't have a Republican anymore. The last, the second Republican on council would have been the person that filled David O's vacant seat for at large. And that got occupied by the work at Downey party. Mm. which is a third party, which now has more members than on the Republican party than a Republican. So now the minority leader is going to be Kendra Brooks and Nicholas O'Rourke is going to be her colleague. And that at large seat, like mm. there's no Republican except for Brian O'Neill, who's now going to be 40 plus years in city council. Wow. What, what do you, what do you think about that, Ernest? I want to, I'm going to stay here for one, one minute. What, what, what is, yeah. talk a little bit more about what that means politically, because I mean, the, the working families party is, is more progressive than the Democratic party, but Correct. certainly connected Correct. to the Democratic party. I mean, it's almost approaching one party rule here, right? In some ways, right? Like, what does it mean to not have Republicans on Philadelphia city, city council? I mean, to be honest, because our city is majority Democrat, I think it's more symbolic than it is anything else. I mean, for decades, I, I mean, at least in my time being in Philadelphia, which has been 13 years, but even longer than that, I just don't see Republican influence in Philadelphia, um, in the city council level hindering. We haven't had a, a, a Republican mayor in over 50 years. We haven't had, you know, any major leaps. I mean, even Rizzo, 
who was once a Democrat transferring to a Republican couldn't even win. And he, you know, shortly after passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, we just don't, this is not a Republican town. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, you know, so I, I think that the optics work for the Working Family Party's favor that this is a city that is really anti-Republican as much as we hear people in South Philly and other places, you know, or in the Northeast pockets will, will, will yell up and down about law and order and all these things, these Republican <laughs> ideals. Right. It does ne- it never shows up in the polls. I mean, you know, people thought, ooh, you know, Larry Krasner was going to have a hard time. He won what I would consider a, a, a reformation. Mm-hmm. All of those four years in his first term, he was being criticized and dragged by Democrats and Republicans and people in Harrisburg. But this man got reelected without much of a sweat. He had an opponent. He didn't even get the Democratic nominee mm-hmm. when he ran for reelection. He didn't get nominated by the Democratic Party. And yet, and still, he still won. And so this is a city that, as much as they want to criticize and want change and act as though they do, the change seems to be maybe they want a different type of liberal. And it seems like in a city that tries to act like they really want you know, some type of conservative attitude. Mm-hmm. We just ousted Repu- another Republican. And I would predict that when Brian O'Neill eventually retires, he's got four more, he's going to do another four more years. He's mm-hmm. in his 70s. I think he's getting to his 80s. I mean, this is serious. He's, he's going to be there. He's the longest sitting city council member in mm-hmm. Philadelphia city council history. When he eventually retires, which could put, I would predict it will be at the end of this, this final term. Um, there's going to be a hard, I don't know if another Republican is going to be able to replace him because we see with David O. David O. couldn't be replaced. Right. And the following Republican we had to see before him couldn't be replaced. So it just seems like the Republican Party is an endangered species. I mean, they pretty much are. They only have two offices in Philadelphia citywide seats. Um, city council is one of the seats mm-hmm. and then the city commissioner. And we have to take note that there was a third party candidate for working down party that tried to go against that uh, for that seat, and they got knocked off the ballot, which protected that Republican. Mm. But listen, for in the next four years, I I predict that there's a strong likelihood that Brian O'Neill will retire, that Republican seat will be taken by a Democrat, and there's a strong, strong, strong possibility that that city commissioner seat occupied by a Republican will probably be taken by a by working family party. Mm. I mean, it's the the fix is in. I mean, I, I really think that the money, the energy, the the politics is is we're going to see by twenty twenty eight by the end of the twenty twenty, we're going to have zero Republican power in in Philadelphia City Council politics. Wow. By twenty twenty eight, we'll we'll have zero Republican power. That is my prediction mm-hmm. that by the end of this decade. There will be no Republican political no, no, power. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I'm not necessarily lamenting that. I just think I find it remarkable in some ways. Honestly, it's yeah. it's yeah. It, it's it's striking. I, I know I got to get you out here in a minute, but I I was before you were coming on. I was talking about the 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 ski mask legislation that went into effect today. Oh yes. Can you can you help me to understand? How that unfolded. You, now, Ernest, you, you, you know where my politics are. That, I'm very skeptical of that, but you were there on the ground as it was, un, as it was unfolding. What, what was the, what was the logic behind that? And, 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 and why is that now a, a, a finable offense in the city of Philadelphia? So I think it's performative. I think this is performative. Mm. I think this is. Wait, wait, say that again. Say that again, brother. Say that again. Say that again. Oh, performative. It's performative. They, they are, they are, they're walking in circles around something that is obviously a stunt. And I don't like stunt queens. I don't like 
folks that 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 do things for the look of something without any actual answers. Mm -hmm. So let's state the facts. There is no empirical data research that suggests that wearing ski masks or not ski masks um, will reduce a crime or any of the the nature of that. Mm -hmm. This is just an eyesore. This is a quality of life issue. And when I mean about quality of life issue, it's kind of like smoking, like, you know, you... But even though there's research that proves that smoking in public, you know, secondhand smoke can have, there's even more research that would suggest that, right? Right, right. But there's no data that shows it. So this is really a quality of life issue. A lot of um, older members in our community, a lot of seasonal professionals, a lot of senior citizens um, in these neighborhoods. Um, this is now, let me, like, what I'm about to say is what was the anecdotal um, narratives that were created by council member um, Anthony Phillips and other members of council mm-hmm. that our senior citizens, our elderly, the older women in our in our communities do not feel safe walking in the community when they see people with these emails going. That was wow. oftentimes the rhetoric that I would hear. Wow. And they would also, then they, and so, so when I spoke to, I did interview Anthony Phillips, council member Anthony Phillips on my show, and he kept reiterating that this is not a crime prevention bill. Like everyone kept saying it's not a crime prevention bill. Even though there was a deputy police commissioner that was at a press conference that said that they're pretty much going to treat this as a way to go after criminals and, and, wow. and, and, and you know, how to go about and target. And they even said that they were asked during the press conference, one of the deputy commissioners in Philadelphia was asked, uh, well, how are you just going to go about coming at people with the ski mask? Because remember, if you're, if you're, if you're making a uniform bill that says that, you know, ski masks are banned, you know, that means that anybody who has it on is going to basically be subjected to, you know, in public, in, on public property, be subjected to this from law enforcement. Right. They said, oh, we, we're not going after everyone. We know who to go after. <laughs> if you're suggesting that, wow. that means that you're going to target specific people. What kind of people? Right. And how would you know who to go to and who not to go to right. um, without any reasonable cause? I mean, the reasonable cause can't simply be the scheme. So, there might be potential lawsuits. I, I've talked to people from the ACLU mm-hmm. who also was at council and spoke critically of this. Um, people are having concerns about civil liberties. There were conversations. I mean, we're, we're a laughing stock, um, uh, in, 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 in the, in the larger criminal justice, um, network in the country. I mean, I was watching an episode of CNN with Abby Phillips and she had on Dan Lathan, who is a, uh, cultural critic and commentator. Yeah. And he made an interesting joke and said, well, if we're going to say a tire can specify crime, you know, we want to put a ban on, you know, Mark Jacobs suit and, you know, you know, um, <laughs> you know, fancy silk cashmere jackets and ties, because that is the that is the outfit that a lot of Wall Street bankers that do corruption wear. Mm. You know, maybe we should mm. ban, you know, crew neck T-shirts that are plain because that looks like what a, a hacker would wear. You know, like, what are you saying about a tire? You know, what assumptions are you making and why is it that there's always these respectability politics when it comes to things that are oftentimes embraced or favorable by black and brown people, mm. especially you. Mm. So um, there is a lot of concern. To be quite honest, I feel like it's frivolous. I think that it's a cowardly bill. I think person, this is all my personal things, I think it's a cowardly bill. I think that it, 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 it's just created more confusion than hard than good. Mm-hmm. It's not going to reduce crime, which they know. Mm-hmm. It's not rooted in any data. It's all anecdotal. 
and it sets a bad precedence for when they can cherry pick. How about we just recognize that trends come and go? Mm. You know, there was a trend around bandanas, gang bandanas. Right. It was a blue bandana, right. a red bandana. Right. You know, there was all of that, which we didn't see a fashion dress code that banned. You know, the last time we had a fashion ban in this city was, um, you know, KKK during the Republican National Convention in the early 2000s. Mm. That's the last time city council ever banned fashion was, was, was Ku Klux Klan hoods. So we done went from Plus Sand Hood to ski masks. To ski masks. These are the priorities. These are the petty priorities. And, and my issue was that while they were giving this lecture about finding the youth and trying to create rules, where is all this passion to build and provide resources to enhance the experience for our young people in Philadelphia? Mm. I just hear so many carrots being thrown. But I'm not hearing any any actual resource, any ointment, any 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 healing. There's no conversation. And you know, with all due respect, Anthony Phillips is one of the youngest, you know, members of city council. Mm-hmm. He is 33 years old. I'm 32. I I, I feel like this is pandering. He's in the Northwest. Terrell mm-hmm. Parker was the predecessor of his seat. Mm-hmm. I feel like in many ways he's pandering to that audience that lives in the Northwest. You know, a lot of those folks kind of have a certain type of, you know, bourgeoisie, per se, mm-hmm. over there in the Northwest. And I live in this regular West. And West Philly, you know, we don't, we, you know... We, we don't we'll get down like that in West Philly. We don't get down like that. And so when I when I saw this policy, as a young person, my mind, and he knows better. You know, my thing is, we can talk all day, and we can throw a bunch of fines on these kids. But at the end of the day, if they have nowhere to go, if they have no hope, right. if they don't have any confidence, then whatever you're trying to do with the CMAS, there'll be another thing. There'll be, right. there'll be new necklaces. There'll be new band-aids. There'll right. be, you know, eye patches on the cheek. I don't know. There'll be another trend. And so you can't, you cannot law and legislate this. You Brother Ernest, you know, I'm, I'm past, I'm past break time. I'm keeping you though. I need to yeah. keep you after, uh, let me take a break. I want to come back, finish yeah. this conversation and, and ask you I'll a couple back. more questions. If that's okay. I'll come back. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Listening. You, you, WRD family, this is an important message right here. December 31st is your last chance to get the 50% off deal on any store item when you grab a membership. That's a word sweater, crew neck, whatever you fancy, half off. And obviously, you're going to have the magic of your membership itself. Your memberships power Black Talk Media. Now, don't let 2023 slip away without treating yourself. Head to WRDRadio.com, sign up now and make the most of this exclusive 50% off offer. Our way of saying thank you for being the heartbeat of this station. You're listening to Evening Words. We are in conversation with Ernest Owens. I'm your guest host, James Peterson. We're live on WRD, 900 AM, 96.1 FM. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Evening Words on WURD, progressive black talk media. Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm your guest host, James Peterson. We are live on WRD, 900 AM, 96.1 FM. We are in conversation right now with Ernest Owens, who's a host here, the author of uh, The Case for Cancel Culture, as well as editor, writer, political writer at large for the Philadelphia Magazine. Ernest Owens, welcome back to, to, to Evening Words. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Of course, um, bro. It's great to have you on. So, so we, I, I just, we were... In the midst of conversation, I, I'm sorry, I went, I went past the time I was supposed to go to go to go to, hey, to, no to go to break. Um, okay. but, but we talk. So I appreciate your honesty and your candid assessment 
of the of the ski mask ban. Now, I, I want to know that's maybe a piece of legislation that neither one of us like. Talk to me about a piece of legislation that came through the pike that maybe you did like or that you thought was constructive coming out of city council. <laughs> that's not a joke, um, Ernest. That's not a joke, I Ernest. I know. I know. I'm trying to, fi- I'm trying to find one. Um, I mean, look, I-, I will say the budget this year was a lot better than it had been in the past. I feel like there was some some major, some some strong things that came from it. I do think the the bill that did give some tax breaks to small businesses, specifically Black-owned businesses in this mm-hmm. city, um, that that needed that. That was some leadership from um, council member, um, soon to be council leader, um, Catherine Gilbert Richardson and Isaiah Thomas, who is going to be the majority whip. Um, I think that 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 they're them stepping up along with others to really, you know, call for those tax cuts. Um, for those businesses, even though there were people that were, pro, you know, some folks were like, oh, they're giving the business community a tax break. Mm-hmm. It's not the business community. It's our small businesses. I, I want, you know, some progressives to stop making everything a corporation and acting like everyone's Amazon. You know, especially when you're still shopping off of Amazon. You know, I find it <laughs> funny how progressives, some, some progressives, and I'm, I'm progressive, but I, I consider, I call myself a pragmatic progressive, mm-hmm. a PP. Because there are some people who will sit up and they'll they'll have all these critiques about council and what they should do and what they shouldn't do. And I'm reading some of them right now on Facebook, Ernest. I'm reading some of them right now on Facebook, but go ahead. You you see it. And they'll say stuff about, oh, the business community is just taking over. The business community is, you know, you know, corporations, they're they're cutting checks. Listen, Comcast as a corporation will benefit from some of that. But you cannot keep punishing small businesses and, and, and mom and pop spots. Because, okay, Comcast will benefit from some. Okay, if they benefit from some, okay, should they, so everybody be penalized because you don't want one corporation to get a tax cut? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And so I think too much of the conversation ignores black and brown small businesses that these people in these gentrified neighborhoods don't support. Mm. But again, I live in West and I know these business owners, these restaurants, these, these small businesses in my neighborhood. That when this tax, this tax benefit helps them in the budget, it's going to make a difference on them staying afloat. Because mm-hmm. it's funny that these restaurants begin to shut down. Like, you know, you think about what happened to Relish, right? Yeah. For the Biden brothers restaurant. Everybody was like, Oh, how could this happen? This, the government needs to do something. Well, that's the government stepping up and doing something. Hmm. So pick, make up your mind, research, <laughs> you know, research. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. So, so, so we, we have a, a new mayoral administration coming in, a new city council. Talk, yes. talk to our community a little bit about what you're looking forward to, what you're being vigilant and watching out for as, as, as government shifts in the city of Philadelphia. I'm looking for, I'm looking for, um, I'm, I'm looking for a, a more cohesion. Okay. Um, I'm looking for a council that can work with each other alongside the mayor administration. Sherelle Parker seems to me and appears to be that leader that can work with both. You know, there seems to be a respect for her from members of council. I, I don't think this is the Kenny administration at all. And I, I also think that this city council knows that she knows that she, she, she was a state rep. She has the intergovernmental experience. And I really think that she's going to be able to pull it together. Mm-hmm. Meaning that she'll be able to work collaboratively, collaboratively with with city council. Um, absolutely, I think that she's going to be able to 
succeed and being able to bring Harrisburg. First of all, I think she's going to be able to hold Harrisburg accountable. Okay. Because too many of our state reps like to, you know, play this blame game where they say, oh, we can't do that. That's the mayor's job. And then the city council goes, oh, we can't do that. That's Harrisburg's job. With mm. this intergovernmental committee that she has, she'll be able to really bring everyone to the table so when, when these policies and these bills come out, everybody's on the same page being able to know what they can do and what they can't do so that constituents calling in these offices asking about certain bills and policies are not being given a runaround. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I, I will tell you personally, as a journalist, I can't tell you how many times I've seen legislators in city council and in Harrisburg basically lie. Like they'll, they'll simply <laughs> play the blame game and say, oh, that's the issue with the state. That's what Harrisburg has to do. And then Harrisburg will say, oh, this is not what we do. I'm a state rep. That's what your city council person will do. And so imagine being a constituent living in a district that is a councilmatic district, a senatorial district, mm-hmm. um, a state, a state representative district. And you got all these, you got a state rep, a state senator and a city council person. And they're all telling you different stories. Mm. That's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like Sherelle will probably be because she understands how Harrisburg works. I hope that her office and those, and those intergovernmental committees can be able to give everybody the facts so we won't be going in circles with some of these issues. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I, I don't know if you heard this, this news broke a l- little bit late in the day, but the Democrats did lose their majority in the House of State Representatives as one of the members stepped down to take on a judgeship. Is that something for people to be concerned about? I know there'll be a special election or something, but there is currently no longer a, a, that slim majority in the state house is now gone. It was bound to happen. It was bound to happen. I mean, I was never hyped about this majority quote unquote for a minute. I mean, the only thing that came out of it was the, the house speaker, right? There was that moment, you know, for Joanna McClinton to be speaker of the house. And so mm-hmm. those type of ceremonial moments, those majority leaders, that type of leadership is cool, but you always sneak once sneeze, you lose it. So mm-hmm. this is a wake up call to a lot of these Democrats next year that when these state seats go up, they got to build on their majority. They got to create what I call an unbreakable majority. Mm-hmm. I never emotionally, and, and this is me, listen, facts by facts, they had a majority, right? right? But I never consider a situation where if you lose one person or there's a sneeze or a death or something happens. This is not a real majority. That's not a real majority to me. Hmm. You should be able to, I, I feel like a real majority is that they have at least four additional seats. Mm. They got to have four over the over the even tie. They have to have at least four. To me. They need to get a couple of more. They need to get three more seats next year for it to be serious. Mm, mm, mm. Ernest Owens, brother, I appreciate you giving me so much of your time. I know you're busy. I hear your phone blowing up while you're on the air. I know you're busy, yeah. uh, but but I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, hopefully, if I'm back on here, you'll come back on and talk politics with me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's you know, there's been so many people posted shows on this station that I would have never really had the energy or interest, um, but, but this is a different case, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Listen, award-winning journalist, Ernest Owens, author of The Case for Cancel Culture, eater at Philly, editor, Philly Mag, political writer at large, and host of City Council Live right here on WRD. Brother Owens, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.